Hi, everybody. This is Nate from Theology of Everything. I'm here with Joe today, as usual. Hey, everybody. And today on our show, we have Nathan Alpert, the president of Yugo Ministries, uh, on today to discuss with us the theology of short-term missions, which Joe and I are both excited about, and I'm sure Nathan is excited too. So maybe, Nathan, if you want to give a quick introduction of yourself, maybe a little bit about your background, where you're from, and then we can dive into this. Great. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nate and Joe, for having me on the podcast today. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you. Like the guy said, my name is Nathan Alpert, and I get to lead Yugo Ministries down in Mexico. Yugo Ministries is a really unique collection of believers from all over the world, and our passion is really inviting the church to come and join us as together we build sustainable change in Mexico. And so really our heart and our passion and what we bleed is short-term missions. We certainly have missionaries who are in Mexico on the ground full-time, um, partnering with local pastors, but we really, our, our real heart's passion is to connect with local churches all across the United States and Canada and connect them with um, the long-term missions that are going on the ground. So yeah, excited to be with you guys today and excited to talk short-term missions. Awesome. Thanks. We're really excited to have you on too. So we actually recorded this session once before, and for whatever reason, we weren't able to hang on and save that recording. So this is a do-over. Last time, we all felt out it turned out really well. So hopefully you guys that are listening will get even better content this time because, <laughs> because this is the second time through. Yeah, Joe, I don't know if you want to kind of kick off the discussion here, but maybe we can get this ball rolling. Yeah, so for those of you listening who might not know, Nate and I both have been involved with Yugo for uh, some time. Personally, I I started going down uh, when I was 10 with my dad about 13 years ago now, and I've been going almost every year since. So obviously, I have uh, I, I believe that short-term missions can work and that they can be done well. I also believe that they can be done poorly and there's a number of resources out there. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about how sometimes short-term missions can go awry and how they can actually end up hurting the places that we go to help. So I think a lot of our discussion today is going to be around partially just getting to know more about Yugo, what Yugo does, how they do it, but also discussing not just how Yugo does things well and can do things better, but how short-term missions as a whole can improve so that we can better spread the gospel of Christ. Yes. So something that I'm really, really passionate about, and I think probably all of us are, uh, who are on the show today, is really doing the best we can at reaching the world for Christ. And short-term missions, I mean, Joe and I both go down regularly and do short-term missions trips. Nathan runs an organization that focuses in large part on short-term missions. So clearly we're in favor of the idea, but there are definitely some issues that can, that can really come up with it. So maybe Nathan, if you can walk us through some of the ways that your organization, Yugo Ministries, has changed its practices or, or adapted to issues and struggles that you guys have come up with or come across uh, since you went on there as a full-time thing. Was that seven years ago now? Yeah, it actually was. Uh, it's crazy to think that I've been with you go that long. But yeah, I think what, you know, as you throw it over to me here, we're certainly talking about some of the pitfalls of short-term ministry, short-term mission, short-term missions trips. 
and what you go specifically has done to address some of those. You know, I, sp- I, I kind of make it my life's work to not talk about the pitfalls and to actually talk about the things that are great about it. But yeah, you're kind of telling me to tell you some of the bad parts about it. You know, we always look, when we look at short-term missions, we always look for real local partnership. And we, we feel like that some of the worst things about some short-term missions trips are when um, we as Americans and Canadians, sometimes referred to as North Americans, try to go to far places and then kind of insist that our American and Canadian mindset and our way of doing ministry be the way that ministry is done in those communities. And so we really feel like that local partnership is the key to a great short-term missions trip. So one thing we've done in Yugo is we have people working full-time with their finger on the heartbeat of the community, becoming part of the community, working with the local pastors, doing long-term missions so that when short-term mission groups come over, they're just joining what God is already doing in the community rather than, you know, horror stories that you hear like an American or Canadian group just purchasing $10,000 worth of Christmas presents and then loading them in a truck, backing it up into a community. And then when the, when the masses make a huge horde, then just throwing them out, you know, even at the expense of the local pastor. So you hear all these horror stories of uh, missions trip, missions undertakings on a short-term basis that go wrong. But at Yugo, we, we believe that local partnership is really the key to making it go right. Yeah, I can, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's one of the things that I appreciate about Yugo. Uh, another thing, I believe, is the staff ratio that you guys have. Maybe if you want to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, we are about 80% uh, Mexican. Or if you want to put that in terms of global missions, we're about 80% local. And we believe that the face of the ministry should absolutely be local and that the best way to take the gospel to a people is through its own people. And um, we believe that long after all of the missionaries have gone home, that the local people will be there. We believe in the local pastor. We believe in the local community and the local employee. And so the, the small amount of money that our groups pay when they come on a short-term mission trip with us that gets invested back into hiring local staff to create jobs in the community, to plan ourselves as a, an actual employer in the community, but then also to make the face of the ministry Mexican. And, and again, like I say, if, if the listener is ever looking for a short-term missions opportunity, I would recommend whether it's through Yugo or whoever it's through, that you insist that there be local partnership, uh, a local face, local pastors, and local partners. I'd be interested to hear how has that ratio of staff changed over time? Has that something that's grown to be more local? Or is that something that's always been that local? Well, that's a great question, Joe. Back in the early 2000s, when Yugo came to Ensenada, which for the listener, if you're not familiar with Ensenada, Ensenada is a port city on the west coast of Mexico, just south of San Diego, California, about two hours south of Tijuana. When Yugo came to Ensenada, it was just a couple of uh, American families, and they slowly started to hire some Mexican staff, and very slowly over the years grew as a Mexican face. But it wasn't until about 2012 that we really ramped up our efforts to hire more local Mexican staff, and that's been a a change that the Lord has laid on our heart to make ourselves more culturally sensitive and, and to do mission strips better. But it's also been um, because of a great need, both for having employees to work the ministry around our campus, 
and also um, a need for um, local Mexicans to have jobs in the community. So yeah, it's been a it's been a long time coming to where we where we can actually look at our ministry with pride rather than saying, oh no, we're all white. And do you have a goal with that? Is like eighty twenty? Is that like your happy spot? Are you looking to grow more local? Yeah, what yeah. we'd love to do is we'd love to work ourselves out of a job. We would love to give the ministry over to the Mexican people, to the Mexican pastor. And we have identified even now some young, energetic, up-and-coming leaders in the Mexican community who are on our staff, and we're pouring into them every day. And our, our hope is that as the leaders of Yugo, that we could move on and go do something else and that this ministry could sustain itself as a ministry of the local church to the communities and not need, you know, the, the American support. And that's how short-term mission can become long-term mission. If done right, it can, it, um, the short-term teams can aid and help in the long-term goal. And I'd love to, when we get into that, I'd love to talk a little bit about the goals of short-term missions because I think that's a big deal. Why are we going to that right now? I, I think that sometimes we can lose sight of the ultimate goal and that's how short-term missions can go, start going wrong. Like, you know, we, we come up with a goal of coming and offering our uh, assistance in the best way that we think we can. Sometimes we lose sight of the ultimate goal, which is bringing Christ to the people that we're going to help. And ultimately we're short-term missions as missions work. We're here to spread the gospel should be more than we are there to just offer help. Right. Uh, but if we lose sight of that and we're here just like you go build houses, biggest ministry. If we go there just to build a house, then we're going to build a house and we're going to leave and who knows what happens next. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it does depend on the goal of the short-term missions trip. So I, I love to think about short-term missions in the context of a 17-year-old person who is going to youth group. You know, they're coming every Wednesday night or every Sunday night, and they're, they're hearing a message from a, a young man or young woman who love the Lord and who are trying to teach them how to live for Christ and um, how to stand up in their high school and they come to these verses, like in Romans 10, where we see, you know, how can uh, anyone call on the name of the one who they've not believed in? And how can they believe in somebody that they've never heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching? And how can they, you know, how can they preach unless they're sin? And we get this whole idea of sending out and, and doing ministry. And so if that person wants to be able to go and live out their faith, even a greater opportunity than they would have in, in kind of their high school, it really relies on um, the, the idea of a short-term missions trip to be able to provide that opportunity for them. Most 17-year-olds' parents are not going to allow them, and it's not just going to be the wise thing for them to go straight into full-time you know, missions work at the time where they're still in high school, um, but they're still reading these verses, and they still feel that it's an important thing to do. And then I think about the, the average... Uh, Sunday morning churchgoer when they get inspired like I did to live a life of action outside of just the four walls of the church. The natural progression is to look and say, okay, what ministry in my church or mission trip can I get involved in? And so sometimes the goal for us of a short-term mission trip is this emptying effect, what we call the emptying effect. And it comes from Philippians chapter two, verse seven, where in Philippians, Paul is talking about how Christ humbled himself and, and he became, you know, lower and he, he laid himself down, even humbled himself to death on the cross and how we should live our lives like Christ Jesus did. And so 
when when we look at the church when we look across canada and the united states and we look for where are these opportunities to have this emptying effect where we empty ourselves of of pride we lay ourselves down as like a almost like a living sacrifice for the lord and say okay here i am use me we find that short-term missions is the perfect way to do that and so sometimes the goal for a missions pastor or for a pastor the goal of the short-term missions trip is life transformation in the hearts and minds of the people that are going you know um many times the goal of the missions trip is to reach a community in mexico or or in honduras or in africa or wherever wherever you're going sometimes the goal is to build a hospital sometimes like joe said the goal is what can we do tangibly to reflect the love of jesus demonstrate the love of jesus to open you up to the gospel but i think when you start talking about the goal of of short-term missions that's what gets into really the theological debate between should we go on short-term missions or is it enough to just send money because if the goal is the transformation in mexico then yes maybe money could do that but if the goal is to see also some life transformation in the heart of the goer or the servant then just sending money can't do that no i guess as a counterpoint the the argument would be on the other side that do we do we at that point then believe that sort of transformation can't happen without us going on a short-term missions trip and I mean, I think I think we would all agree that God doesn't have to use that particular way of being involved in order to change someone. It it certainly is something that God does use and has used in in each of us on the show today. But I firmly believe that God could do the same within our local communities too. But I it brings up a question of buy-in too, right? From from the rest of the church, and there's also I mean, this maybe isn't so much a theological question, but uh, logistics one of how much are people going to be willing to give and support these sorts of missions if their if their involvement is much more limited if they're not going down on these trips and that that sort of thing yeah and i would agree with you absolutely that god can use all sorts of ways to get to our hearts short-term missions is one way but it's one way of many um i think really if a person wants to decide whether to go or not, it's really kind of, to me, it's how you define um, Romans chapter 10. A lot of people take Romans chapter 10 verses 13 to 15, and they divide that into kind of goers, senders, and I, and I believe it's both. Some people say, you know, how can they go unless they're sent? So I will just go ahead and write a check. And I do think that, that, that that's needed. But we also, you know, believe and teach that it's our responsibility, each and every one of us to go. And whether that means local missions, whether that means being a discipler right inside your, your family, whether that means in a high school or in your workplace or, or to the foreign field, we believe and teach that it's our responsibility as believers to physically go and let our light shine before men so that others could see our good works, like Matthew says, and glorify our father in heaven to us it's a lot about the goer it's a lot about it's a lot about the goer not just the receiver yeah i think you know like you were talking about romans chapter 10 i think about it in combination with the great commission and i'm even like it's calling the mind like what happens even mentions isaiah a little bit later in romans chapter 10 calling to mind this like image of isaiah hearing the lord say 
whom shall I send to like proclaim my message? And Isaiah saying, here I am, Lord, send me. And I think that like short-term mission is a great way to kind of springboard people into saying, hey, Lord, send me. Like I want to do your work, whether it's in my own hometown, somewhere else nearby, or if it's overseas or like wherever it is. And so a place like you go that does all these short-term missions a lot of times can really just be a springboard of like, wow, this is what missions is like. This is what doing ministry to a people in need is like. How can I do that here? How can I do that at home? How can I do that you know, wherever I am? And how can I ask the Lord to send me? Yeah. Uh, and, and answer that call. I think like the Great Commission calls all Christians to preach the gospel. The, like overall, we're supposed to reach out to the entire world with the gospel. And that means that we need to be sent to every corner of the earth. Uh, and places as short-term missions is a great springboard for that, I think. Yeah, I think that's a real key in engaging in short-term missions or really any other kind of ministry, that we're wanting that to impact people's hearts in such a way that they're going to, from that point, go out and apply this in every area of their life and you know, be a missionary for Christ at their job at home and be a missionary for their Christ within their own household and wherever they happen to go. And if they, through prayer and examination of their hearts and their lives, believe that God is asking them to go wherever it is, that there wouldn't be hesitation. and They would just go and trust him in that. Uh, yeah, I totally believe that is a beautiful thing with short-term missions. And I mean, Joe and I met each other at Yugo as interns down there. Mm-hmm. It was a great experience and it, it provided a lot of that springboard for me personally. And I, I think for Joe as well. And so, yeah, I can definitely say that that's a powerful way that God uses short-term missions. But I really do think that personally, I kind of think that's not a good enough reason by itself to go like foreign, foreign missions to a place like Mexico. I think if we're not impacting the local the local system there, if there's not, you know, transformation on both sides, then then I think it's it can actually be more effective to find that springboard closer to home. And I but, think that that's where you get into a lot of pitfalls with short-term missions. If you let the pendulum swing completely over to we're doing this, we're doing this to see life transformation in our group only. Um, that's where you just set up the trip for whatever the group needs, whatever the group wants. And then you just want to, you know, dictate life transformation with them. I do think that that happens. And I think it's part of the goal. I think it's obviously when a youth pastor or a pastor decides to take a group on a short-term mission foreign, that the life transformation inside the group should absolutely be one of the goals. But I'd agree with you, Nate, and I know Joe would agree as well, that uh, it has to meet an actual need. You know, I've heard horror stories of Nicaraguan orphanages where groups come in and dig a well, and the local staff has to hurry on the weekend and fill the well back up so that the next group the next week can can redig the well. And we definitely stay away from that by our local church partnership. And that's why I recommend that anybody who does foreign short-term insist that the organization have local partnerships so that the pastor can easily take you around and show you, look, 
this is where the building of houses is breaking cyclical poverty and adding dignity to families and making dads feel like they can follow Christ with their with their head held high. And this is where building this church building has allowed us to be a lighthouse to a community and these people are getting saved. That's kind of that kind of local partnership is paramount. So we know that Hugo does a lot of the the house building ministry. Uh, and that's kind of the side of things that Joe and I have been most involved with. And and I think it's pretty easy to understand how that works and the need for that from an outside perspective. So maybe, Nathan, if you could go over for us some of the, the inside details of that, maybe that we wouldn't necessarily know about otherwise. Like, how does that work, that relationship between Hugo and the local pastors that you're talking about just there? Yeah, we love to be pictured as you would picture a long, a long bridge over a, a river or a, or a lake in the United States or Canada. We want to be pictured as a bridge between the local church, who is the sender, and the local church, who is the receiver of the ministry. And so um, we have our ministry divided up into three categories, outreach, discipleship, and orphan care. And whereas the outreach side of our ministry is constantly looking for ways to do mission trips better, the discipleship part of our ministry is at work 24-7, 365, out in the communities, developing relationships with pastors and putting their finger on the heartbeat of the local community. And they're asking this question. They're saying, Pastor, what physical need can we meet in your community to turn the hearts and the minds and the attention of your community toward the local church and ultimately toward Jesus Christ? And the answer that we keep getting from our local pastors are, our people are needing housing and our people are needing feeding, um, you know, basic um, feeding programs. And so what we do is our discipleship ministry gives applications to our local pastors. We right now we have uh, about 25 local pastors and the outreach, the discipleship ministry will give applications to those pastors and the pastors will actually go out into the communities, find believing families who are in desperate need of a house. They'll find unbelieving families who are in need of a house that they feel that this is a great evangelistic opportunity and they will help those families apply for the houses. But it's the pastors who actually make the final decision as to who gets the house and who doesn't. Then we send our discipleship team to go out and interview that family. And it's the outreach team that ultimately links that family like a bridge with a visiting team that will ultimately come and build their house. So it's a really neat process. There's accountability at every, at every angle. There's spiritual and financial accountability in place. But ultimately, the cool thing is we love John chapter 3, verse 30, where it says, he must increase and I must decrease. What we at Hugo like to do is we like to make the connection as the bridge, but then we kind of try to just step out of the way. And um, I know Joe can, can really speak to that because throughout Joe's life, he's been able to form a relationship that, yes, started with Hugo, but with Pastor Raimundo Velasquez, that actually has become where we've just stepped out of the way and it's just kind of become the relationship between Valley Springs and him directly. Yeah. Yeah. And even just like a little personal testimony about it. While I was in high school, I was fortunate enough to take time to come down to Mexico outside of a normal Yugo missions trip and actually to spend time with Pastor Raimundo in his communities and learn, hey, he has all these ideas of like, this is what the community needs. These are these families that have these needs. These are ways that we can 
impact this community particularly these families particularly and it was really awesome time to especially looking back on it just to think this is a relationship where it's almost as if we're doing short-term missions with Raymundo and his church rather than with Yugo Ministries like we you know stay at Yugo's campus but really it's just we're doing ministry with Raymundo yeah and that's our heart that's our heart is to be able to be a bridge but then but then stay out of the way and I really think it's important that the short-term missions has to have that local partnership. And, uh, you know, Yugo is pretty unique, okay, because you have in the United States and Canada, you have a lot of short-term missions agencies, and you have a lot of short-term missions uh, groups from churches, and these are senders. These are groups that, uh, these are organizations that gather people together and send people out to a third party um, place, whether they've met a pastor, whether they've met a hospital, whether they've met a Christian university, somewhere that's the receiver, um, these ministries like Adventures and Missions, like Go International, like, you know, so many sending agencies around the United States, these are senders. Yugo is really, really neat in the fact that we are a receiving agency. So we're on the ground in Mexico. Yes, um, our, you know, myself and my partner, our leaders, we are American, but we're heavily Mexican. We're about 80% Mexican. And our heart and our and our um, vision is to actually receive short-term missions trips. Um, and there aren't a lot of ministries that are like that. Again, we always caution and uh, recommend that when a person is deciding how to do short-term missions, that you always look to make sure that you've got a, a good receiver, a good local receiver on the ground. Yugo is just in a unique position to where we, we are the agency, but we're also the, the, the receiver. Part of what I love about this whole process is that if in the future people in the greater Ensenada area no longer need houses, Yugo can still receive and take people with the local pastor and say, hey, you have other needs. You still need something. It's not houses now, but we can still grow and impact this area and we're and, seeing that joe yeah. we, if you would picture a pendulum if you could picture a pendulum and on the left side of the pendulum would be the need for disaster relief the need for you know immediate housing and immediate feeding and all the way over on the right side of the pendulum would be need for ongoing sustainable jobs hospitals universities community parks power lines we are past the middle point where for years we've been more toward the left where we're seeing these um, communities in abject poverty where we are in mexico um, the pendulum has swung a little bit over to about the 75th percentile where the average family is actually um, the average family actually has a home but we're actually seeing pastors more now say hey help us develop this elderly care facility out of our church help us build a church building help us build a christian university um, help us disciple and train young leaders for christ so the house building is not going to be forever and you make a very valid point joe is that one way that that short-term missions fails is if we as americans and canadians get it in our mind that hey we're going to go build a house and this is what we're going to do so find us somebody that needs a house that's not a good model for short-term missions that local partnership is like, hey, pastor, what do you need? 
in my heart and mind, in our heart, that's the way to do it. Somebody that will say, oh, sure, I could take a house. If you think about like in America, like if you're offered 20 by 16 house, a little little house, and they're saying, yeah, we're going to give it to you for free. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Whether you need it or not, you know, you're just going to take it. But as we meet, as you meet, meet actual needs, then you're going to get a lot better response. Yeah, you got to meet an actual need. And like Nate said, it's got to be a lead to a spiritual need. I love the story in, in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus is teaching in a house and the house becomes so full that people can't get in. <laughs> and the so two friends bring their bring their friend on a mat. And to make a long story short, you'll all remember that they end up going up on the roof, digging a hole and lowering their friend down in front of Jesus. And Jesus says the most interesting thing ever when the paralytic gets lowered down in front of him, he says, friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Bible says that everybody looked at him crazy. And he's, and they says, you know, who has the power to forgive sins, but God alone. And Jesus says, well, what would have been easier for me to do in this point to tell him to get up and take up his mat and walk or to forgive his, forgive him of his sins. And, and really to say, I forgive you of your sins is the easier thing to do because there's no physical manifestation of that. He could just say it and he would never have to prove it. But then Jesus says this, he goes, but so that you'll know that I have the power on earth to forgive sins, he says to the man, take up your mat and walk. And I love the fact that the friends saw a physical need, but Jesus saw a spiritual need. And what we believe in Yugo and what we teach is every physical need that we meet has to be in order to open up the person to the to the need for their to have their spiritual needs met. You know, Proverbs says, if unless the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. And so we literally believe that every physical thing we do has to be a demonstration. Romans chapter five, verse eight, God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So how can this physical manifestation be a demonstration of Christ's love to open you up to a to a spiritual need? I love that. I really do. One other thing that popped up to my head that was interesting listening to you, Nathan, was that you brought up the link between local pastors and their discipleship of the people in their congregations and the people in, in the communities that you guys are serving in Mexico. And here, where I live in Canada, near Vancouver, there can sometimes be issues where churches will hire pastors who want to serve God and so they, they feel called to ministry and they, they just start a church without, you know, any training really or having gone to even Bible school in some cases. Um, and sometimes they're, they're really not qualified. And I think it's really admirable that people just step in and do ministry like that. But I, I also think it's important that we, we give these people proper training so that we know that they're preaching the word honestly and faithfully and that this ministry, you know, is, is following the traditions that Christ laid out for us in, in such a way that it's faithful to them. Uh, and so since that can sometimes be an issue here, I'm sure that you've run across that in Mexico too. And I'm wondering what sort of measures you guys have in place to kind of make sure things on a theological level are kind of above board. We we really deal with pastors, Nate and Joe, on a 
uh, on a wide scale of different places theologically and in their in their walks with Christ and in their ministry. Basically, you can put most of the pastors we meet into two categories, although there are people on all different places in the spectrum. Generally, you find guys who are in a denomination that are well-trained to exceptionally well-trained, who may have thriving ministries or may have financially strapped ministries, but the theology that they're pouring into their communities is really good and great. And there are some core pastors, Raymundo Velasquez, that um, Joe and his family, the Wagner Davis family partners with, is a prime example of somebody who has good theology and has good a good base. The other group of guys we find is, is guys like you brought up, Nate, that had a dream and a vision and a calling and enough dollars to rent a building or to open up their own home, and then they just founded a church. And so really um, what we try to do is we try to provide discipleship and, and ongoing pastor training for the people in the second category, but we also try to provide friendship and ongoing relationship for the people in the first category. Another thing that we find about short-term missions is not everybody's qualified to do the thing they want to come do. You know, sometimes you get these short-term mission teams that want to come and train local pastors on how to do things, but we forget that the local pastor knows more about it than we do. You know, not just being born in the United States of America and being a believer, that does not qualify us to, to train pastors. Thankfully, we, <laughs> we've got a, a great staff of people who do that, but it is important, you know, that the that the local pastors that we're partnering with, although Hugo is not a church, it is important that they line up with the values and beliefs that we believe need to be taught. So that's yeah, like core theology, basically, our closed-hand doctrine. And then Joe and I have talked about this on the show before, but once you get si- outside of closed-hand doctrine, you reach a point pretty quickly where it's like, I may not entirely agree with that, but it's certainly a biblically defensible position. and. I can respect that that's what you're teaching there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's definitely some, you know, Nathan, you're saying about some some people from America that uh, have that, you know, Northern American ig- uh, ignorance and arrogance of saying, well, of course we know better. We're from America. <laughs> and, you know, they don't, people don't really talk about it like that, but they have this assumption that, oh, it's a local pastor from Mexico. They probably don't. Uh, know the Bible that well. They probably don't know their theology that well. They they're just kind of there as a pastor, right? When really you do have people who are biblically trained, and you have people that have passion for theology and can display that. And it happens, I'm sure, far more often in all sorts of areas of local missions where we say, "Oh, we're from America. We know better." Subconsciously, you know, we're not going to say that, you know, for the world to know. We don't think about it that way. But subconsciously, we have this thought that we're from America. We know better. When really it's, we don't. It's kind of funny, too, because then you've got this whole other issue, too, where in Canada, I think a lot of times we can be like, oh, yeah, that's this American attitude that people often have, like that they're just the best. Or, and then the pitfall often with Canadians is that we're like, well, we're better than America in the sense that we don't do that. (laughs) So then, I mean, but we're doing the same thing. It's the exact same. So there's this, there is a large sense of North American arrogance that is pretty easy to leak into our, our missions, both short and long-term. 
that's that's something that we really need to battle against as well. Nate, I didn't know that you guys in your in your Canadian circles up there had things that you guys just felt that you were better than than Americans at. That's well, that's hockey. To me. Oh, the hockey. Oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Putting gravy on top of fries. Yeah, all dressed potato chips are literally the best thing ever. They are delicious. That's true. I can't believe you guys have been missing out for as long as you have been. <laughs> well, at least we don't put. And I know that you guys don't do this anymore. We don't put our milk in bags. So that was a great <laughs> system. I don't know why you're bagging on a, bagged milk. It's a terrible system. Gosh, <laughs> how are you supposed to pour it? It's in a bag. But I do. Hey, listen. Before you guys let me get off the phone, I want to thank both of you guys not only for doing this podcast and trying to drum up a little interest in theology, not just the theology of of short-term missions, but the theology of everything. I really appreciate both of your hearts for God's word, and you love God's law, and and it's written on your hearts, and you want to learn it and teach it, and you want to um, spread it out, and I, I feel the same way, and we need more young leaders like you guys who are poised to be the next generation. Um, I don't know if the listener knows this, but Nate is serving on the board of directors for You Go Up in Canada, and uh, guys, both, I just want to tell you how much we appreciate you partnering with Hugo, how much you, I appreciate you guys having me on the program to, to kind of lovingly debate these topics. And I think the world of both of you. Uh, Thanks, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. That's really means a lot to both of us. All right, why don't we end out the, the session just with a short clip of why we think, uh, I think we can all be in agreement that short-term missions are a good thing at the end of the day, right? They're, they're useful and good for spreading the gospel of Christ. Why don't we just uh, each give a little blurb about that, uh, and then we can close out. I'll start, I guess. I believe that when short-term missions is used to support long-term missions, the long-term mission of the church, when it's used to do that uh, and done the right way, like we've been talking about, that it does lead to transformation in the lives of both sets of people involved. The, the hearers and the deliverers of the good news of Jesus Christ. And because of that, I mean, that in itself is an amazing thing. That's where it begins and ends for me. So because of that, I think it's totally worth it as long as you're doing your homework. Yeah, I think that I believe that short-term missions can be a wonderful way to support both long-term missionaries and the local church in their goals to bring Christ to the areas that they they serve. And I think that in this way, uh, short-term missions can help spread the gospel of Christ and also in some ways draw closer the short-term missionaries to God himself as well. Amen. And, and likewise, I agree. Uh, I'm a fan of short-term missions. Um, if any of you guys follow me on Facebook, you can follow me, um, Nathan Alpert on Facebook. On Instagram, it's just Nathan underscore Alpert. And I wrote an article today just on the power of short-term missions, what it's meant in my life, what it's meant in, in so many uh, other lives. Um, I'm a fan of short-term missions. I believe that when done right, it can, it can create transformation by Jesus Christ in the sender and the receiver. I believe that the good outweighs the bad. I, I, I believe in social justice when it's for the purpose of the gospel. And so I'm a fan. And I love to debate it and talk about it. And um, but I'm going to live my life as a goer, and I'm going to try to encourage, affect, and desperately and passionately challenge everybody in my life to go with me. 
and go on one and, and see if God doesn't create some life transformation, both in them, the one that goes and, and in the, the people that were sent to serve. Amen. All Maybe right, well, Nathan, if you want to quickly, if there's some way you want to make it clear that people can contact your organization or anything like that, if you want to give a quick little blurb on that before we sign off here, now is your opportunity. Absolutely. Well, please go and check out our website at um, yougo.org, Y-U-G-O.org. Under that, you'll see the ongoing ministries that we have as well as short-term missions. We've got an opportunity for you to bring a group 52 weeks a year to come and help us on our ongoing ministry. We'd love it if you'd follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Yugo Ministries. And also, I just want to encourage any of the listeners who are out there to get involved in the theology of everything, because this is a really great way to to learn what the Bible says about certain things. And um, the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy that we need to be approved workmen, not ashamed and ready to defend our faith. And I just want to ask you guys, I know that Joe's going to give us some contact information, but get in touch with these guys and keep this theological discussion going. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, We definitely would love it for people to continue to listen to us and to draw more people in. Uh, We love talking about theology, and we like talking about theology together. Uh, If you have any questions or comments that you want to get in contact with us, uh, you can do that on Twitter, uh, Theology of Everything, at Theology O-F, Theology O-F. And if you have a more detailed discussion that you want to have, maybe a longer question, you could uh, also uh, contact us via email, theologyoe at gmail.com. That's right. Yeah, we're so glad that anyone who's listened to this has done so. We really appreciate it. Like both Joe and Nathan said, this is something that's important to us. We really believe in engaging the Bible and engaging God in every area of our lives. And so that's what this show is about. And today we're talking about short-term missions, but we're going to cover a lot more ground in the future. And we'd love to do that with you. And so please continue to listen, send us feedback, ask questions, and engage in your faith. It's really so, so important. And we believe that you'll be better for it. So with that, I'm Nate from Theology of Everything. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.